Spire. From Spire, I'm Jeff Saris. And I'm Amara Andrew. And this is Control F. A show about finding answers. So, Jeff. <laughs> I didn't know how much sound you were going to do there. I'm like, you know <laughs> Yeah, 40 minutes later. <laughs> so, for those of you watching the video version of our podcast, you may know... <laughs> hi, fans! <laughs> you may notice something... Hi fans? Did you say hi fans? <laughs> Go with it. Um, yeah, fans. People that enjoy us in a non-sexual manner. <laughs> People that enjoy our voices, faces. Anyway, those of you who are viewing this, you may notice that we have something a little extra special today. Oh, we should look at that camera. Oh, yeah. Ah! Um, <laughs> that's what's on there making a cheers. Um... For those of you who are listening, you should really start watching the podcast, but it's okay. Um, hey, we like our listeners too. No, I know. I actually, I love listening to podcasts more than watching. Well, I like you both. Anyway, for those of you listening, we each have a glass in front of us. It is filled with a yellowish liquid. Oh, this is sounding gross. A <laughs> golden colored liquid with a salt rim and a lime. Can you guess what it is? Pee pee. Yep, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I made pee-pee cocktails. (laughs) No, we are drinking my Fogarita mix. So, first off, we will cheers. Fogarita recipe. Yeah, Fogarita If it was a mix that we were selling, this would be quite a reveal for me. Yeah, surprise. (laughs) William Sonoma loves it. So, first off, cheers. Mmm. Yes. What does this have to do with the episode? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I like how formal you are in this one. <laughs> no, I don't know. Silly. Um, what does this have to do? <laughs> to News next eight. week. Okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> so today we're talking about the history of the margarita. Woohoo! <laughs> the margarita is without a doubt one of my absolute favorite cocktails. I love the like sour sweet kind of thing going on. Um, and that's pretty um, indicative of what a margarita is, right? Sour and sweet? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I think it technically falls under the sour family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love it. I just picture the face of everyone in the sour family. <laughs> How does it look? <laughs> You'd be better than I would be. There you go. <laughs> sour. And, and what's the phrase that they say? The sour family. <laughs> no, when you, when you normally make that face, what do you say? What I leave fall. <laughs> That's Don't ask. Gross. It was a thing that happened. and It was nothing. It was someone just had a sour looking face. Well, yeah. And then she, you just said. She did not look happy, but she also looked like she may have come from a rural area. Well, yeah, so I just said, why'd I leave the farm? <laughs> so that's <laughs> so, a little inside joke we always have now. Yeah. Just, so that's kind of stuck with anytime mm-hmm. anything happens. It's like, why'd I leave the farm? Why did I come here? <laughs> anyway. So the history of the margarita. Mm-hmm. So, uh. This is a post that I just worked on, which is coming out or has already come out. I don't know what this time. Yeah, when this. Yeah, it has already come out. Yeah, it'll already be um, up once this episode comes out. 
Yes, and we will put the link in the show notes because I don't remember what the link is right now. <laughs> I would assume I think it's, it's just margarita. Yeah, but I don't know. Amaraandrew.com slash margarita. History of margarita. I think it's just margarita. Okay. Maybe filgarita. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. But yeah, so we're anyway. diving into the history of this cocktail, which this isn't your first um, cocktail history post or research that you've done, right? No, I think this is my second or third I think mm-hmm. it's my second, yeah, second no, that did, I've published. Yeah, you did the daiquiri yes. already. And which I was, love the daiquiri yeah, as recently. well because that follows in the same sour category, which is really funny because it's actually very similar to the margarita. Um, but it is obviously different, like different type of liquor and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, so when I dove into the daiquiri and same with like... <laughs> diving into the daiquiri yeah dive into the daiquiri (laughs) it sounds like a thing like oh you had a rough day yeah i need to dive into the daiquiri (laughs) as they say um but with any sort of recipe i've learned that it's not very cut and dry as to oh where did this come from and that's sort of how i landed into trying to figure out the history of all these recipes from like the blondie slash brownie which that's a really other like a really fascinating other story um, but then I got to the daiquiri, and now here I am at the margarita. <laughs> Those bracelets are going to be a little clinky. Oh, so we'll just <laughs> shove them on the meat sticks and call it a day. <laughs> I forgot I was wearing them. What was our first episode? It wasn't it Blondies, was... right? Or was it? Oh, no, it was Yeah, Blondies. so we already had the episode for oh, Blondies. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah. It's been so long since we've recorded mm-hmm. that I, like, forgot. Um, yeah, so go check out our Blondies episode. Yeah, the a, first one. A case of mistaken identity. Ooh. <laughs> Um, we'll have to figure out a fun title for this one because I was very proud of Pin Yada Yada Yada. I know you were. <laughs> I did like it though. Oh, I did like it though. Thank you very much. Yeah, at the time. And then I realized the error in my ways, like <sighs> I do for most things. <laughs> I did like it. Um, but yeah, so like with most cheers, with most old recipes, um, which I classify as being at least a century old. Um, yeah, it's hard to determine the actual source and yeah. the actual, the root of where the recipe came from exactly. originally. Yeah, because a lot of times it's not well known or 20 different people are like, no, I'm the inventor, which is exactly what happened with the margarita. So there are probably three dozen known origin stories attached to the margarita. Some, like one takes place in Juarez, Chihuahua in 1942. Another is at the Acapulco home of a wealthy Dallas socialite in 1948. And then another one actually involves um, the singer Peggy Margaret Lee. Hmm. Well, Margaret is her, like, her name is Peggy Lee. She went by Peggy Lee or goes by Peggy Lee. I think she's still alive. Um, but in my research, I found three legends that I actually think may provide a comprehensive look at how the margarita came about. Um, so... We're going to dive right into those. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. So, legend number one. (laughs) There's a reveal. (laughs) So, I am holding up a copy, a reprint of... (laughs) That will be a little out of focus. We want to go to that camera. Oh. (laughs) Look how close you're getting. (laughs) Here, how about I hold it for you? Here we go. I don't know my distance. (laughs) Longer distanza. Anyway, so, legend number one has to do with this book this is the bartender's guide by jerry the professor thomas from 1862 this is a reprint this is not the actual one i wish i had the actual one but i'm not made of money so jerry you're made of margaritas instead (laughs) yeah seriously margaritas and tacos i'm like 
made of those two things. It's like you're from the Southwest or something. It's so weird. <laughs> That's what I wrote in my post. I was like, I don't know if it's because I'm from the Southwest or if I just genuinely love the margarita, but it just like, I don't know. I've been drinking these, well, virgin ones <laughs> for like ever. Um, yeah. And you said today we're doing faux garitas. So yeah. they're a well, virgin there. It's okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Mine's actually but just, just tequila to... with a hint of orange. Juice. Nice. <laughs> just with food coloring. Yeah. <laughs> like, who needs oranges? But yeah, just so we can focus and make sure we're on point for this oh, yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So this book, Bartender's Guide, this is one of the oldest um, known published uh, recipe books for cocktails, which is really fascinating. So Jerry Thomas was quite the person. Um I guess I could say character for he was very interesting. He so he was born in 1830 and he was born in Sackett's Harbor, New York, which is right on the border of Canada. So pretty far north. Um, and he so he mainly worked as a bartender in a bunch of different establishments throughout New York. But he actually had a brief experience uh, as a gold mining prospector <laughs> during the California gold rush in like late 1840s, early 1950s, or 1850s, not 1950s. <laughs> he did by then. Um, so he mostly worked as a bartender throughout his life. And then he had a couple other things that he did, but I just thought the gold prospectoring thing was fun because I was mm -hmm. like, holy shit, that's cool. So he came back to New York after a couple other um, adventures and he actually settled in New York City where he opened up a couple different establishments where he was known for his very artistic and flourishing way of mixing drinks. So the one that he was mostly known for, this is just a little side, side tangent, but it was the Blue Blazer where he would have, I think it was brandy, and he would mix it up together and then light it on fire and pour it from the shaker into the glass. So it would just be this stream of like blue fire going down. Um, so nice. blue blazer. Yeah, so, it sounds very, um, that idealized image of what we have of like a mixologist. Exactly. Like, like wearing he the was, suspenders and like all exactly. hipstery. He, yeah, he wears, like there are uh, lithographs in here where he's wearing suspenders mm. and he has his cute little vest and he has his handlebar mustache um but yeah so he was like the first like the father of modern mixology is kind of what he's known as so in um so he was not very well he didn't keep track of his money very well so he released this book as a way to make a profit and also kind of i feel like it was sort of a territorial thing where it's like no like i am the man that people mm -hmm. come to see so i'm going to publish this book because then it's like this is mine and like you're making your uh well it's smart because then he becomes the resource it's exactly like just, that's what i mean that's yeah, as word, a <laughs> like as a business as an entrepreneur it's him establishing <laughs> what are you picking flies out of yeah, the air <laughs> there's a fuzzy i don't want it in my margarita mm -hmm. um um, but, but yeah, yeah so establishing smart. himself as the source and then other bartenders and people would turn to him, turn exactly. to his book and talk about him and yeah, and it's it all helps. full of just like amazing recipes. Um, but he chose like the most like popular ones at the time and included in these recipes. Well, oh. when you say chose, would you say that he created most of them or some of them were just already iconic? So I actually cannot prove whether or not he created some of these um a lot of them are just iconic but unfortunately there are no really 
there aren't a lot of paper sources that are like, oh, this is the recipe for this, because most of the time it was just in your head what you learned from other bartenders. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like, oh, let me write this down. What's it called? Okay. Like you just, you learn by doing, which is sort of how it is now. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm not sure if he created any of these other beverages, but of course there's more folklore behind every, every single beverage has folklore behind it. So it's kind of in recipe just in general. So it's like, okay, I'm not sure who actually made this. Um, and this is why you're also doing the history of cocktails, history of food type. Yeah. Um, like I don't have all the answers, and, but yeah. I just, it's interesting. So, but there should be a show about finding answers. Why I think there is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you don't have the answers yet, but you're trying to, like Sherlock Holmes, you're trying to like uncover yeah. the mystery and figure out what the actual story is behind it. Yeah, and at least get one step closer. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so in Bartender's Guide, there's a recipe for the daisy. And this is what most people think was the like ancestor to the margarita because, funny enough, daisy translates to margarita in spanish hmm. uh so the daisy was developed around the 1800s um and when i say daisy it's actually a family of drinks so the main components of the actual drink itself is the same but the alcohol changes so you could have a brandy daisy a whiskey daisy or later on as we'll see a tequila daisy or a gin daisy as well um so, yeah, there are a few creation stories to how the daisy actually came about, but those are in the post, so read those <laughs> um, at your leisure. So the original recipe for the daisy included gum syrup, orange cordial, lemon juice, and then the liquor of your choice. So in the 1800s, so this would have been what, around the 1870s was when the daisy was published because it was the second edition of this book. It would have been whiskey or gin was the main choice of alcohol or were the main choices of alcohol um but gin was probably the most preferred liquor um do you mean for this drink or just yeah. gin was the most popular at gin the time? in general was very popular but then for this drink especially gin mm -hmm. was very popular so yeah you had your sour your sweet and then your liquor kind of like a margarita well by the 1910s the daisy had evolved into the new school daisy so you could see more of the parallels to the margarita forming with this version of the daisy because this version, so instead of the gum syrup, like the original daisy, the new school daisy had super fine sugar in it as the sweetener. It had lemon juice, it had lime juice instead of the orange cordial, and then it had, um, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> alcohol and then seltzer water to top it off just to make it I don't know, effervescent, which is what I added to ours, mm -hmm. well, Topo Chico. Um, not a sponsor. <laughs> so again, it's that same sour, sweet, and liquor combo. But like I said, now we have lime instead of orange. So. And I do have to say, since I'm drinking this, I feel my mouth just salivating the whole time. Right? I know. <laughs> me like, too. That's why I'm like, excuse me. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm like, I think water is my is my podcasting drink of choice. Oh, Only because, No, no, no. It's really good and I keep drinking it. But I'm like, hmm. It's going to be very, very mouthy in the yeah, mic. Yeah, very spitty right now. <laughs> So, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. That was disgusting. I hate when people do that. So, I did it. So, after the new school daisy, this brings us to Prohibition in America. Prohibition was from, what, 1920 to 1933, I believe. And throughout Prohibition, the daisy remained really popular, but it was at 
speakeasies and not out at like a regular bar. And what defines a speakeasy? Like how uh, do you sort of, where do you draw the line between speakeasy and bar? Well, a speakeasy was a hidden bar. So like during prohibition, you couldn't have any alcohol whatsoever. So people were very crafty in getting their alcohol. Um, so because of prohibition and speakeasies, cocktail culture really proliferated during prohibition because what you had was bootleg hooch, which was like disgusting. Like it tasted like gasoline pretty much and it would like burn the shit out of your mouth. So you'd want to mix it so you didn't have to actually taste it, but you could still get your buzz. So that's why cocktail culture really took off because it was like, I'll take anything to make sure that I don't have to actually taste this alcohol. Um, so yeah, speakeasies are just like underground kind of places that you hear like word of mouth or some people know of. I mean, it's often been speculated that police knew about certain speakeasies, but they would patronize them. It's mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. So well, yeah. yeah, like everybody knew that it was happening, but then it was like, which ones would get caught depending on like where your social status was and everything. Um, and today there's still a lot of speakeasies. Like in some really cool ones. We, oh yeah. So it's like the go, same kind of vibe. Yeah. We like to go to the Violet Hour in yeah. Chicago. Or Three Dots in a Dash, which mm-hmm. I love. But now it's so crowded. It's like not fun anymore because of how crowded it is. But when we used to go, it was like totally empty. And it's a tiki speakeasy, which is really cool. Parker Martyr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or there was the Japanese one that we oh, went yeah. to. Oh yeah. I don't remember what the name is though. Uh, it's under Sushi Doku, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't remember, but it was really cool. Um, and they have Japanese whiskey, and yeah, it was really neat. Yeah, and all the secret entrances where you have to know it's there, like the Violet Hour. It's just it's a nondescript wall that has a yeah. a, a knob on it, <laughs> and you just door. see a line out in front of it, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Um, but yeah, I actually had a friend that used to work there, and we mm-hmm. should have visited him when he worked there to get free drinks. <laughs> well, and to visit him, but mm-hmm. free drinks. Um, anyway, so speakeasy so daisy was super popular and during prohibition actually a lot of people went over the border to mexico because you could still drink there so and that's when tequila became more popular like it was known about especially in the southwest and um in like southern california but it wasn't super popular as an alcohol um but then or at least in the u.s correct yeah mm-hmm. that's what i mean sorry yeah. <laughs> in american cocktail cultures yes um so then people began smuggling bottles back over the border if they could, and then bootleggers, obviously. Um, so then cocktail became a main component in cocktails now, or tequila became a main... <laughs> <laughs> What's the drink over there? <laughs> Whoopsies. Um, yeah, tequila became a main component. <laughs> yes. So the daisy that we all know and love uh once prohibition was lifted the tequila daisy made its official debut because it was made obviously behind the scenes um yeah so they were they were making the tequila daisy during prohibition but it wasn't until prohibition was lifted that it's like hey this is it's sort of more widely known but it's sort of it was it was around for a lot longer then yes um because yeah you couldn't print a cocktail book during prohibition because then it's like what are you doing that's a little suspicious i mean i guess you could I think there actually were a couple, but maybe those are printed in the UK now that I think about it. Mm. Um, But yeah, so the Tequila Daisy debuted and it was the exact same thing. So lime juice, lemon juice, the super fine sugar for the sweetener, tequila, and then seltzer water. Um, So now we go on to legend number two. 
So yeah, I mean, it sounds like the daisy. The the daisy sounds accurate. Like that would be the origin of the margarita. And the only thing we really do differently now is instead of the sugar, we use like simple syrup, which is sugar dissolved in water. Right. Well, Um, and then we use Cointreau, or a lot of places you use Cointreau or Curacao as like the orange liqueur Mm. to give it that citrusy kind of vibe. Um, Yeah. So instead of the citrus that that you might use in yours or... Yeah. So like I use orange juice as a replacement just because I didn't want to have to have another bottle of whatever. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, fresh, fresh squeezed. Yeah. Literally fresh squeezed with these guns. Um, but yeah, so the Daisy definitely does. Sorry, I jumped the gun. The Daisy D's. definitely does. <laughs> Dallas, no. <laughs> and there's no alcohol in these. <laughs> yeah, and yours. Mm-hmm. Just teasing. Um, but yeah, so the Daisy definitely does seem like it was the beginning of the margarita, at least like maybe a subconscious thing for future innovation down the line. But I mean, when you have lemon, lime, sugar and then uh tequila like you have a margarita essentially Mm -hmm. so yeah i just thought that was interesting so then that brings me to legend number two and now these are (laughs) well-known legends or yes so sort of if you if you are into cocktail history then yes Mm -hmm. but otherwise not really this next one isn't as well known it's it's sort of more of a hypothetical, but it does, you'll hear why I think <laughs> it is. Um, so another cocktail recipe book that was published was the Cafe Royale cocktail book, the Coronation Edition, um, in 1937 is when it was published. And it was published by William J. Tarling, who I forget his job title right now, but he was essentially in charge of the UK Guild of Bartenders. Um, so... In the introduction to this book, he makes a note specifically saying that he picked the recipes in this book to be in there, like handpicked them because they were the most popular at the time as well. Just Mm. like good old Jerry the Professor Thomas. (laughs) Um, So he notes also that the professor had visited England in 1895. Now, if the daisy was as popular as um, it's been like professed to be, then surely when the professor was in England, he when he was teaching bartenders, he would have taught them that drink because it was kind of like a staple, I believe. Um, so the daisy would have been sort of well-known. And then especially through prohibition and everything. Granted, that was in America, but I don't know. People are traveling. Things change. Do you know what context he mentioned um, with Jerry Thomas? Was it because he didn't actually talk about the daisy? Is that what, what you mean? Correct. So he just said that uh, Jerry Thomas visited England in 1895, and he was the author of the Cafe Royale. Royal book was more interested in the silver utensil set that Jerry Thomas brought with him, (laughs) which I think he said was a thousand pounds worth of sterling silver or something like Hmm. that. So yeah, he didn't outright mention the daisy, but he did mention that, which I thought was interesting because it was like, oh, like everybody's familiar with this book. So they would be familiar with the daisy and then it's popular and then that's how things happen. Mm-hmm. So the that's so in the Cafe Royal book there's a recipe for the picador. The picador is almost exactly like the daisy um but with lime juice instead. So it's actually 
just like the new school Daisy in a way. <laughs> I know this is a lot of like <laughs> recipes to keep track. Well, yeah, of. we're sort of rewinding now too because yeah. these are two different storylines, but right. seemingly they they've converged and split off at some yes. point. So the um, so the picador actually I think is the closest to the traditional margarita that we have today because it was tequila, Cointreau, and then lemon or lime juice, and that was it. And then you just mixed it and served it, and that was what you had, which that's like almost exactly what margaritas are now, but just you add like sweetener to it. So, um, yeah, so. Uh, Is it the Picador? Yeah. So the Picador, um, the book that was published, the Cafe Royal, was really popular when it was produced as well. Um, so I feel like most bartenders who were practicing their craft and stuff like that would have at least been familiar with the book or would have come into contact with it or bartenders who had read from it would have taught other bartenders you know it's just like it's a linear effect so that was 1937 that brings me to my third and final legend number three which involves (laughs) 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 i'm so excited it involves carlos danny herrera Danny is his nickname, and Marjorie King. And this was in 1938, so the year following the publication of the Cafe Royal book. So this is pretty linear. The three different stories are pretty linear. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, in... Woo. Woo. <laughs> cutting you off. <laughs> <laughs> These are virgin, though. <laughs> or they're mocktails. Um, but, yeah, so that's what mostly drew me to these three legends, was that they all sort of lined up, because almost every other story comes like post 1938 so it's after 1940 i think is when things start occurring like the three that i mentioned earlier those were like 1948 1950 and 1946 or something like that and when you say so those three are three very common ones those those three are the most common that i pointed out earlier Mm -hmm. so it's like i dive deeply into the most most common and then the three that i mentioned before like the next tier common um, but then there are like a ton more people who are like, no, I did it. No, I did it. And it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, so Carlos Danny Herrera, we'll call him Danny from now on, uh, lived with his wife, Lucia, about 20 kilometers from Tijuana in Rosarito in Mexico. The couple originally lived in a really small dirt floor house. Um, so not the best living circumstances. But then Danny realized that he could make a living by providing a place for people like tourists because it was a big tourist area because they live right on the beach, um, lived right on the beach, sorry, um, a big. Uh, so he realized that there was an opportunity for him to cater to travelers and tourists who wanted like a meal, a drink or a room to stay in. So he actually built a ranch style house that had um, a pool, a dining area and a bar. And throughout the years, many celebrities stayed at this place, including Walt Disney, which is really cool. Um, That was just the one name that stuck out to me because I was like, well, that's cool. Because he just like at that time, he was at a whole other level of fame. So just, I don't know, having him be there, it's like, that's cool. So, and of course, Marjorie King stayed there. So Marjorie King was a Ziegfeld Follies dancer, and she was also... um, a movie actress in the 20s have we talked about the zigfield follies on this for something else on this podcast no that was in a video for the fogarita oh that's why (laughs) (laughs) there's also a video 
Yeah. FYI. <laughs> a we're doing great video. with this. <laughs> well, no, because we're doing everything really out of order. Just yeah, completely. Now we'll get more back in order. But oh, before yeah. it was like, oh, we can do these things. And yeah, the other one was more so just a recipe video of how to do the thing mm -hmm. without too much history. Yeah. Um, but maybe we'll post a separate one about the history. So stay tuned. So Marjorie King, she was a dancer and then also an actress. And um, while she was on a trip to Ensenada, because she was a dancer, so she would perform in a bunch of different places, she would always stay at Herrera's hotel, um, Danny's hotel. <laughs> And um, one day, allegedly, she wanted a drink at the bar, but she was supposedly allergic to any or like all other spirits except for tequila. So she asked Danny to make her a drink with tequila as the main liquor. And so he, of course, created a drink composed of tequila, Cointreau, and lemon. And then he added a salt rim and... Um, yeah, so salt rim to the glass, and then he gave it to her and said, this is the margarita, which is the Spanish, like the closest Spanish equivalent to Marjorie. Um, so yeah, that was, that's that one. Well, yeah, I mean, closest equivalent to, to her name, but then also translates straight to Daisy. Exactly. Which then... Which goes back to the original Daisy, which was, what, gum syrup, lemon, quantra, or orange cordial, and then... Yeah, and then just seltzer water on top. So yeah, it's like the exact same drink, mm -hmm. um, just minus lime juice, which is what we integrate into the drink now. Um, so yeah, it just isn't that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, so it seems like it feels like it came like the source, like the source source mm -hmm. was at least Jerry Thomas in terms of like an ancestor, a, a recipe that was an ancestor of it, right? Yeah, I genuinely think that that is the beginning of the margarita, so to speak, just mm -hmm. because, yeah, like margarita translates into daisy. Like how much more <laughs> obvious can it get? And then like with the picador, I feel like that was an earlier ancestor to the margarita in a way, like a sibling of sorts where that was delineated from the daisy and then like you have the new school daisy in there, which has the lime. So maybe that's where the lime comes from in the modern day ones and yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting because there's so many different drinks out there. Like in that 1937 book, there were so many tequila cocktails that were just tequila, lemon, lime, and then like grenadine or some sort of sweetener. So they all kind of followed that same format. So it is difficult to be like, oh no, this was like part of this. Cause it's like, well, no, like it could be anything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I just thought that these three were really interesting and you could see the progression um, really nicely. So yeah. Yeah. So that is the history of the margarita. And yes. <laughs> like, it seems like it It feels accurate. It feels like truth. Obviously, it's accurate what you're saying, but like that that is where it came from. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, we'll see. But yeah, it's unfortunate because there's kind of no way to prove anything. So mm. it's just pure speculation at this point. But point but. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> the margarita. But yeah, and then you made a fogarita, mm -hmm. which is just, it's a mocktail. It's a margarita without the alcohol. Yeah, but we then, didn't want to get too lit. <laughs> but then you so. change it up. How do you change a, so this is your margarita recipe. How mm -hmm. do you change that into a fogarita? So fogarita, I add, um, 
the citrus. So I freshly squeeze orange juices, juice, juices, <laughs> oranges. Sorry. I don't know why I'm stumbling over my words. Um, freshly squeezed orange juice, freshly squeezed lime, freshly squeezed lemon, and then a little bit of simple syrup to kind of bring more sweetness into the sour mixture. Um, and then a bit of Topo Chico on top. Mm-hmm. So. so is Topo Chico what you do instead of tequila? Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, so it's, I mean, the recipe works either way. One of them gets a little bit of a, a bubbly kick to it. Yeah, one. unwittingly, I'm making a daisy almost mm-hmm. or a picador with seltzer water. It's yeah. just, it's really bizarre because also too, there are only so many combinations of things that you can make. Like oh, yeah. it is seemingly endless, but. But like this is a simple drink. Oh yeah. Generally, like sort totally. of broadly speaking, some you know, pretty, pretty fancy. No, but. I made this specifically so it would only take like two minutes because I don't know. I don't have a lot of patience and I don't have a lot of time and they go hand in hand. So <laughs> yeah, I just, anything I do, I try to do the simplest way, but also the best way. So then I can get to where I need to go, but in the like most efficient manner possible yeah so well, yeah so that's this week's episode <laughs> of control f I'm getting into my psyche now yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thank you all for listening and um yeah, i hope you enjoyed this episode and oh yeah and go look i made illustrations for this mm-hmm. on yeah the, on some, the blog post <laughs> yeah and the show notes will have again the link to the full yeah. post and a link to your recipe video and all sorts of good stuff like now that you're on TikTok and like we talked about last time and you're doing the 60 second art history, mm-hmm. you're also going to start injecting some other things in there, right? Yeah. Maybe things like this and recipes. And Yeah, I would love to. I want to, yeah, I'm going to get on that. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's just one more piece. But yeah, if you're if you're on TikTok, be sure to follow uh, at Amara Andrew on yeah. TikTok. Come follow me. Come hang out. <laughs> Let's party. And then this episode, as always, is brought to you by Built. And Built is our platform for getting online and building a business. And you can just head on over to built.co, that's B-Y-L-T dot C-O, to get started. And it's your website built for you simply. What is this look on your face <laughs> you're giving me? I don't know why, but when you said B-Y-L-T, I thought of B-L-T. I was like, ooh, that sounds really good right now. <laughs> yeah, bacon and lettuce on toast, right? Yeah. That's what BLT stands for? Yep. <laughs> I don't like tomatoes. Yeah, I don't either. On Wait, the BLT, do you eat, it's pretty good. I was going to say, do you eat them so you would have a full tomato on there? <laughs> a full a full uncut yeah, tomato. A full Just a round tomato. <laughs> yeah. Bacon, Can and I then have two. the stem, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes it depends. I definitely like avocado on there better. So mm-hmm. maybe I like a blah. <laughs> blah. Bacon, lettuce, and avocado. Yeah. Avocado. <laughs> <laughs> blah. <laughs> Found Midwestern uh-huh. avocado. But yeah, if you enjoyed anyway. this episode, <laughs> be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can watch on YouTube so you can see see the shenanigans of this one over here. And <laughs> but yeah, this is you didn't drink right before the outro. Yeah. Well, here while you're drinking, I have to give you our really fantastic 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 i swear these are virgin (laughs) (laughs) we're just having a lot of trouble speaking today yeah it's our fantastic joke of the week of course i mean yay you you sound so excited (laughs) (laughs) what is it i'm curious what do you call a factory that only makes good products what do you call a factory that only makes good products 
ones. Yeah, only the good ones. Good factory? Good good tree? A factory that only makes good products is, of course, a satisfactory. Damn, that was really good. (laughs) I thought you were going to get that one. You were were right there with good factory. Just a little different. A little too on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to good Good. factory home of the good factory. (laughs) Can it take your order? All right. Well, that's another episode of Control F. And... Yeah, we'll talk at you soon. Yeah, as always. Go <laughs> control F yourself. <laughs> I was like, what is it? Well, yeah, I know that that's a good tag, but I don't know. It's just silly. Well, yeah, go go find something. Ooh, whatever you find, actually comment it because I'm super curious about like, I don't know, what you're interested in. Or well, yeah, what if you have any questions, if there's something that has always been just at the back of your mind, like what? What is this? Why did this happen? What is yeah. blah, 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 blah. Besides like an existential crisis, because I probably can't help with that. Any his- historical? Yeah. Historical. Yeah. Ooh, historical. <laughs> I like that. If I was a stripper, that would be my name. Historical. Hmm. I would just sit there and read historical nonfiction to people at the Battle of Waterloo. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> All right, well, that's all for this Bye, week. Bye, everyone. <laughs> See you next time. Peace. <laughs> and I like that every episode ends with you giggling. Because <laughs> I'm just being a ding dong. Uh, why did I say stripper?